So hi everyone, it's me again, Angela Daly, your host of the Rule of Law Rules podcast. Welcome back and thanks to all of our regular subscribers for all of their support and comments over the last few months. And I'd like to extend a warm welcome to anyone joining us today for the first time. You're listening to the Rule of Law Rules podcast from the Conrad Adenauer Foundation. In this podcast, we talk to international experts about the rule of law in the age of digitalization, and we gain insights into recent developments in different parts of the world. So far in this podcast, we've spoken to guests from South America and different parts of Europe to discuss developments in data protection. We've spoken a lot about the EU General Data Protection Regulation, its implementation in the EU, and its influence outside of the EU as well. Today we are travelling again, this time to the Middle East and North Africa, more specifically Lebanon and Qatar, for our April guest, Mr. Nadim Jemayel. Nadim is a politician and lawyer, based between Beirut, Lebanon and Doha, Qatar. He was a member of the Lebanese parliament between 2009 and 2020, and during that time he was head of the Lebanese parliament's Information Technology Committee until his resignation from the parliament in August 2020. Nadim is also president of the Bashir Jamail Foundation and founder of NGO Ashrafie 2020. Hello and welcome, Nadim. Thanks for joining us. Hello, how are you? Good. How are you? Very good. And hi to all our listeners. So we like to start and end our episodes with some quickfire questions to introduce you and your views on data protection. So we have three questions. I will start the question and you can finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. So first question, data protection is my favorite topic because? It is the future of geopolitic and it's carving all the geopolitic structure and relation between the, the future of the world. Second question, the first time I realized the importance of data protection was? When I was elected chairperson of the IT committee in the parliament. And finally, data protection is a typically Lebanese thing because? Because Lebanese are not at all aware about data protection. And it's a very, very, very new law that has been introduced in Lebanon in 2019. Great. Well, we look forward to hearing a bit more about these developments in Lebanon in our longer questions. So Nadim, can you tell us a bit more about your work in this area of data protection and digitalization? Yes, actually I was, um, I was elected chairperson of the IT committee and uh, for the last 17 years, the committee was trying to pass a law that is in relation with e-transaction, e-commerce, e-business, e-banking, etc., and at the same time, data protection. But for several political reasons, this law was never passed. So when I first um, when I first get elected, it, my objective was to pass this law. I had a lot of reticence, especially from the social, um, uh, from the civil society, who considered that the data protection was not enough protecting their rights and their privacy. And they wanted to stop the law. So at this moment, I told them, you know what? This law has been very, uh, it has been very, very lasting. And um, it took a lot of time to go through this law. So I prefer to pass it. Uh, Let's vote on it. And then we will amend the data protection uh, part out of it. And actually, uh, the law was passed in uh, 2018. 
2018, actually at the end of 2018. And um, uh, we've started to work on a new data protection law, very, very specific, uh, very specific to, uh, to data protection. And mainly, I will not say very similar, but uh, we were inspired by the European GDPR. Great. So you must have been very happy when the law eventually passed especially if it was so many years in preparation. Of course, it was, it was a very important milestone in the, legislation, in the Lebanese legislation and legal framework because it has set a, the, a, new, a new rule. Uh, specifically, it, it has introduced uh, a new um, layer of uh, regulation in respect of all kinds of e-transaction, of uh, recognizing the, the electronic transaction as being part of the common business uh, transaction and this was very very important because uh, prior to this law no uh, judicial or no tribunal were able to take into consideration any email any uh, proof that was uh, an electronic proof etc so uh, once the law was passed this was for us a very 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 important milestone in lebanon it come very late but at least we are there now now we're working more into uh, data protection and uh, respecting the privacies of, uh, of our citizens. Okay, so how does this new law and these developments in Lebanon compare to the situation more generally in the Middle East? Can you give us an overview of developments in data protection governance in the region more generally? Yeah, actually, I don't have um, a very wide knowledge about what's happening in all the region, but I know, for example, that in Qatar or in uh, Dubai, they have a data protection law, they have an e-transaction law, they have a data governance law in order to, to manage all their data, etc. And this is very, very important. In addition to the fact that the law was passed and there is a data protection law, there is another question that is very important. Who manages this data? This data? And, you know, as you know, the GDPR, for example, have... Um, created an institution, a legal, uh, uh, a legal entity that would manage this data protection independently from the political and the government uh, side. Like in, in, in all the European countries, this kind of entity exists. Now, in the Arab country, and this is one of our major uh, concern, is that none of these countries has established um, a free entity or an independent entity in order to manage data protection. It's all uh, linked to a ministry, a department in the ministry, etc. And this, I think, is uh, not well adapted to follow up all the development and the fast legislation that is needed in this respect. Sure. So do you think that there are some concerns about the independence of these bodies that are overseeing the law? And do you think that's causing problems for the implementation of data protection laws and their enforcement? There, there is different issues, but the main one is about that the, the, these bodies should regulate and should control. Now, I'm not sure that, uh, that the regulation can go as fast as the technology is, uh, is, going, uh, is going fast. Second, uh, on a matter of control, I'm not sure how much the governmental entities are ready to implement or to really understand and to really protect the privacy of their citizens. Because especially in the Arab world, we know very much, and in all the laws, it was very, very specifically mentioned that all what is related to 
government, public entities, national security, uh, national interest are not covered by the data protection. Specifically in this, in this respect, the data protection or the bodies, these bodies, doesn't have as a major concern the protection of the privacy of their people. Their, ma their major concern is probably to protect the privacy of their data towards any international uh, inter interference or attack or uh, cybersecurity, etc. So I'm not sure how much these people or these governments are aware about the, 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 the privacy that we are talking about uh, together now. So you mentioned that developments in the European Union had influenced the adoption of this new law in Lebanon. So the introduction of the GDPR in Europe in 2018 has obviously been a very significant development for those of us within the European Union and also globally. What do you think about these developments in the EU and what has the influence of the GDPR been where you are? Yes, uh, the, the GDPR had influenced a lot uh, our legislation, the legislation in the Arab countries, and I think legislation all over the world, because I think it's probably the most important and uh, the most heaviest content related to uh, privacy and to uh, protection uh, of, uh, of the people's data. Now, my main concern here um, is that for me, GDPR is a very, is a very heavy uh, legal framework. Now, it's true that a lot of uh, countries uh, were inspired by the GDPR, but at the end, the GDPR by itself is a, is a, is a huge burden for a lot of companies, specifically for uh, small and medium enterprise or for entrepreneurships who wants to enter the market. Uh, it it imposes on them and it burdens them with a lot of regulation, a lot of uh, of conditions, and this is very heavy for them to start or to continue, and and it it gives them less competitivity with the big companies like Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, etc., who are established, who has a lot of money to invest in uh, GDPR, in privacy by design, etc. But the small and medium enterprise are failing to be able to comply with the GDPR facing what's happening. And here we're not talking about the fines that these companies uh, will have to pay in case of failure to comply with the GDPR. Like, for example, we, we saw a lot of companies that was fined uh, by the regulator millions and, and millions of dollars. So these big companies can afford paying such amount, but when it goes to small, uh, small and medium enterprise, I'm not sure that this is also the case. And has that influenced um, how data protection laws have been formulated in your region, either in Lebanon or more generally? Has there been a distinction between small and medium enterprises and the big you know, technology companies? Yes, we see, we see in the region. Now, in Lebanon, I was concerned by drafting the law, but in other regions, I was just here and I'm, I'm applying them. Uh, we can see that the, the burden of the legislation is less heavy. It has the same principle, it has the same values, it has the same direction, but it's, it doesn't have the same way of applicability. Uh, it's very light, it's very shallow, and uh, at the end, everything uh, goes back to the government who is in charge of applying this data privacy. Now, for me, this GDPR has created um, created a division in the world, like we know, and especially now, the data privacy 
has divided the world into three big uh, regions, the, the United States and the freedom of data, the European Union with the GDPR and uh, we can call it also the uh, GDPR heavens, and we have the China model, which is totally, the government is totally in control of all the data and all the enterprises and all the, the, the companies that works in, the, in China has to send their data to the government, who, which analyze them and control them. So these are the big uh, three models of region that is competing today in the world. And um, as we know that the, the, the future will, will, will be owned by those who control the data and those who had the power to, to, uh, to use this data. And my main concern, and this is what we're, we're seeing today, and it's, it's a matter of fact, that the two big competitors in this domain, in technology and in the fourth revolution, is uh, the fourth revolution, which is the technology revolution and the electronic revolution, is the Chinese and and the Americans. The European, it's true, that has been very focused on the freedom of, of, of privacy, but has put beside the competition and the innovation. Because uh, these kind of regulation also sometimes is a very heavy burden for competition and for innovation. This is, I think, um, a big question that the European has to ask themselves. Does the GDPR really push them to create new content, to create new, uh, new development, new innovation, and to compete with the world? Or does this GDPR for the last, let's say, five or 10 years, create burdens for companies to be able to innovate and compete exactly like they should do with the Chinese and the American? Now, this is a, a pure European question, but uh, I believe that the Arab world today is taking a bit of everything. Uh, at the same time, is trying to control the privacy for their people, or they, they try to protect privacy, sorry, for their people. And from the other hand, they try to use the data of all the, 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 the data that are receiving from all the company working in, the, in their area to be able to manage and control their security, their future, their competition with the world, etc., etc. So I think, they took a little bit of everything, but this has to be monitored and analysed. Okay, thanks a lot for that, um, Nadim. Um, that's a really good introduction to some of the dynamics around data protection um, in the Arab world or the Middle East and some of the factors that seem to be driving data protection laws, privacy on the one hand, but also other concerns like national security, geopolitics, innovation, competitiveness, and so on. Looking more specifically at data protection laws and legislation, whether in Lebanon or more generally in the Arab world, do the laws tend to take a general approach to data protection or are different sectors regulated differently? So for instance, you know, the health and medicine might be regulated uh, differently to finance when it comes to data protection. I, I will take the example of Lebanon and Qatar that I know very well. Like, for example, for Lebanon, the, the sensitive data is defined as being the health and some other specific data. And it has to get the approval from the ministry before being able to treat this kind of data. All other data are considered as open data and has to follow some principle of data protection. 
In, uh, in Qatar also, in Doha, the law was very specific that everything that is related to ethnics, uh, races, uh, medical, and very sensitive data related to security and to national security has also to have their um, approval uh, for treating such, a, uh, such data from the government directly or from the ministry that is related to this data protection. In Qatar, the Ministry of Telecom is the one responsible for all the data, da, uh, data management or the uh, data privacy. However, in Lebanon, uh, we have around five uh, ministries that are in charge of data privacy. The Ministry of Health for the Health Security, the Ministry of Interior for the National Security, the Ministry of Defense for the, for the very sensitive data related to national security, the Ministry of Economy for the business side, Ministry of Justice for uh, all kinds of stuff related to, uh, to judiciary, etc. So Lebanon has introduced the fact that it, it's, it's using all its uh, ministries in order to manage data privacy. And I believe that this is very wrong because it doesn't bring the same type of protection for everyone. Like if the Ministry of Health is not well adapted to uh, control or to uh, supervise or to put rules in order to, um, to, to ensure data privacy, this wouldn't happen. Probably the Ministry of Technology or Ministry of, uh, of Telecommunication is more adapt for such things, etc., etc. So putting all these people was a, a political issue because they wanted to, to bring everybody to be involved in this law. But at the end, it will, I think it will end up being a kind of fiasco in data protection. It sounds very complex and maybe um, lacking consistency if you have many uh, bodies involved in exactly. enforcement. Actually, that brings us to the next question. You've touched a little bit on enforcement and implementation already, but what do you think about how the data protection laws are being enforced, uh, particularly enforced against uh, private companies? Also, you know, do governments in your region respect data protection laws themselves in their own functioning? This is what I was saying before. I don't think that the government respect data protection because they they remove themselves from being part of the uh, of being regulated by the law or by abiding to the law in this respect. The government doesn't use data protection uh, and the government used the data for, for its own interest. From the private sector point of view, uh, I didn't hear until now any company that was fined for not respecting uh, data privacy. So I'm, I'm not sure if they are controlled or not, but I didn't hear anything uh, in this respect. You did mention before um, that some of the people tasked with enforcing data protection laws or some of the agencies may not have a very good understanding of what data protection is. Uh, do you think there is sufficient understanding and knowledge of data protection for effective enforcement or that is something that needs to be improved? This needs to be uh, much, much improved. Like I take the example of Lebanon, uh, the ministry, the government, we, we've had a lot of meeting with them when I was chairing the, the, the IT committee. Uh, I did a lot of meeting with the people responsible of the data protection in the, in, the, in the different ministries, and they were not aware at all about data protection. So awareness was completely absent. 
Now, in the Arab world, um, since uh, everything is related to the government, I'm also not sure. I'm also not sure that the the people that has to implement the data protection uh, are really aware about the enforceability and the enforcement of such law. That it's more about it's more about implementing it in in the design phase, in the execution phase. But when it comes to the failure in ap- uh, application of the data protection, I'm not sure um, they have the know-how slash the empowerment to, to do such uh, fine or such uh, enforceability. Now, moving on to looking at the private sector a bit more, we spoke a bit about fines or the lack of fines so far, but has the private sector also had a role in dialogue on data protection in the region? What I mean is, has the private sector actually worked alongside uh, regulators and policymakers uh, to create and implement data protection laws in the region? Or has the private sector been quite kind of separate from the government and regulators? Personally, I think that the private sector is the one who dragged the uh, public sector to to move into uh, data pre- data protection. The private sector, and specifically uh, the the banking sector, is the one who requested at first to uh, apply and to implement the GDPRs and the data protection for banks. I'm I know I know that for a fact that it's the Central Bank of Lebanon who requested from all the banks to uh, abide by the GDPR slash data protection. And then the government much uh, later requested to all the companies to start applying to GDPR. Secondly, uh, since our relation with, uh, with Europe is very, very strong, and I'm specifically talking about Lebanon, all our companies has representation office, has businesses to do with the European. So uh, companies, in order to be able to to do all this business with the European uh, companies or the European entities, had to implement the GDPR or a kind of data protection to their datas much, m- much prior to when the law was uh, was issued in 2019 so we have companies who started applying gdprs or not gdprs but data protection since uh, 2015 2014 back then we uh, we saw a lot of company ab- um, starting to implement data protection in other countries you have a lot of uh, public entities but which is independent independent like free zone like uh, DIFC in Dubai like Qatar Financial Center in uh, in uh, in Qatar we see also that their data protection law is much uh, uh, older than the one that was uh, applied uh, in the in the states so these kind of entity or bodies that is a little it's are kind of free zone or independent entity uh, much more open to the to the relation to the business to the financial relation between european and uh, the arab world uh, has implement faster and uh, prior to everybody uh, data protections Okay, so do I understand correctly then that some of these free zones within a bigger country have actually applied data protection standards first and before the country itself has? Yes, exactly. Wow, that's really interesting. 
So you spoke earlier about the role of civil society in Lebanon, uh, that civil society wasn't very content with the law that actually uh, came to pass there. Uh, can you tell us a bit more about civil society either in Lebanon or in the region uh, more generally? Uh, how have they engaged in debates uh, about data protection and have they actually started any campaigns or even litigation on data protection issues? Look, I'm, I'm going to speak specifically um, for Lebanon because I know very well and I was very much involved in the activity of the civil society in this respect. Uh, we have a lot of uh, NGOs who were working to protect data, data protection and specifically to create awareness. And today, I think the, the major point of data protection worldwide and not only in, in the Arab world is that people are not aware about data protection and are not concerned about data protection. And they say, okay, uh, if I can use Facebook for free or YouTube for free or whatever for free, and uh, if they take my information and what did I tweet, I don't have problem. This is public, uh, public information. So they are not aware exactly about the dangers and where can the data protection uh, or where can their data lead uh, uh, to what kind of decision. And this is why uh, we've tried a lot with the civil society in, in Lebanon to bring awareness and to make the people understand why are the data, unprotected data, dangerous for, uh, for a lot of sector, politically, uh, judiciary, uh, from a terrorism point of view, from an education point of view, and anything. And this is not yet very well understand. And I believe this is not only the case in Lebanon, but also uh, in, in the entire world. So um, for the general public, not just kind of civil society groups, do you think ideas around privacy and data protection are viewed as foreign concepts or they're not really part of cultural understanding? It's a uh, it's cool concept. It's a uh, it's cool concept, but we don't really know for, for what. Like, it's nice to have data protection. It's cool to talk about data protection. Sorry, I'm saying it very friend in a, in a friendly manner, but... At the end, they don't really know uh, why is data protection important and what are the kind of data that, uh, that are collected, managed, what is sold, what is not said, what is used for political description or what is used for national security uh, issues. Uh, these are not very well understandable for the large public. Now, now, when I do conferences, I always mention two, two examples that are very important and I think uh, people has to know like for example in, in, in Chicago they developed an algorithm a software that is called Predpol which is prediction police and they managed and they monitored all your data that you're using in all kinds of softwares and application etc and at the end they can predict if you're going to do a crime or not and they arrest you not based on the fact that you committed the crime, but you may be able to commit a crime. And this is the kind of data that is very dangerous. The second point, which is also very important, is that it's like when you go voting. You know, a lot of people say, uh, uh, why should I vote? My vote is, uh, is one over 20 million. This is not different. And actually, here also, when, you talk, when you're talking about data, it's not data of one person as an individual it's data taking as a community and this is why it's very important to understand that it's exactly like a vote uh, when you go vote you go and you choose the way you want your country to go and to move or your society or whatever and 
in when they collect your data as an individual, collecting a mass data of a collective people would be able to do two things. First, to influence your voting direction and second, to understand what are your voting direction in order to create a speech and create a political dialogue that will influence your voting. And this is very dangerous because a lot of people, and today I think MIT are uh, studying um, a case where probably they can create a ghost voting person in the parliament in, in Switzerland. Like if we know exactly how people think and we know exactly how people will decide and we know exactly how people will vote at the end, so why not creating ghost people or uh, ghost people that will be the that will be your ghost in the parliament and making this ghost these ghost uh, voting and not the real person voting these are very interesting information and very interesting debate that will uh, i think curve the the future of politics and future of geopolitics and future of uh, uh, destiny of a, uh, of a human. And this is why I believe that data protection is very important and specifically how the GDPR is, 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 is being done. However, we need to understand that also uh, data protection should not put burden to innovation and to competition between the companies and between the geographic area between China, Europe, and the United States. So we've spoken a lot about data governance activities in Lebanon, in the Middle East, Arab world a bit more generally, and also how they relate uh, to global trends, including GDPR in the EU, but also activities in US and China to some extent as well. So what do you think is going to be the future of data governance, data protection activities in your region over the next few years? I think the, the, the most important question today is how are politics going to use this uh, data governance in order to uh, set their, their power? We, we, we heard several leaders of the world saying that the future is about data and uh, the power of the future is about data. And the most important point is how to make sure that the government uh, and, uh, and the regimes, the, the Arab world or the international world, will not shift from a democratical regime to a totalitarian regime using data to control the people and not using the data to, to, to bring more f freedom and more development to their people. And we are seeing, we are showing this. The, 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 in China, for example, China is developing and is growing on, uh, on, uh, on the detriment of their, uh, their citizens' privacy. The government, government is taking everything, but probably China is already a totalitarian uh, regime that can afford doing such, uh, such uh, a thing. Now, the main question is how to make sure that uh, in the future, the democratic regime won't shift to totalitarian by using the data of their people to uh, do their, their battle and their fights internationally. And how do you think developments in data governance in the Arab world over the next few years are going to impact internationally? What kind of impact do you think that uh, either the development of more data protection legislation or other practices, what kind of impact is this going to have in the world more generally? 
the Arab world is developing very, very fast in technology and, is, and wants to be the hub of technology uh, for the Eastern region. So I think a lot of law have to be passed and will be passed in the future. Should it be not only about uh, data protection, but also about the digital market, how to uh, net neutrality, uh, all kind of uh, of data or all kind of law related to the management of this new sector and this new uh, industry and this new uh, revolution that is is growing so fast, uh, managing all the small sector, uh, all the small uh, parts of it. And do you think this is going to these developments will have an impact internationally? Laws uh, evolve with the development of, of a society. So if really the Arab world is willing to move into having the hub of the East in, uh, in this part of the world, it will have to be regulated and it will have to pass law that will influence uh, all other sectors and it will influence the uh, all part of the world. So I know for a fact that, for example, a lot of company has been has been formed or has been incorporated in this uh, part of the world and is growing very fast and is uh, is uh, is, atta- is penetrating the market in Europe, in US, etc. And in order to be able to compete with them, uh, the Arab world has to uh, uh, set up new rules and regulation in order to make this company more adaptable for competition and for penetrating new markets. Thanks so much, Nadim. Now to finish, we have three more quick questions. As before, I will start the sentence and you can finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. So data protection is so big in Lebanon because... Because everyone wants to have its part of it. Data protection still needs to get better at... Competition and innovation. And finally, the rule of law rules because... It is enforceable. Thanks very much for joining us today, Nadim. Thanks to you and thanks for all the listeners for having listened to this podcast. This was the fourth edition of the Rule of Law Rules podcast with me, Angela Daly, and our guest, Nadim Jemayel. In the show notes, you can find out more about Nadim, links to his activities, and more information about the Conrad Adenauer Foundation and its Rule of Law programme, which this podcast is part of. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel, where we will release new Rule of Law Rules episodes at the end of every month. If you like this episode, then please give us a good rating and tell your data law geek friends about us too. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast. See you next time. Bye. (music) 